to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. News of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, a voter law in Georgia has made national news as well as calls for cancellations from corporations there to the masters. They they and I honestly, I did an hour with Garland on Saturday about this law. I was shocked to hear how controversial it was. I've been trying to figure out what people don't like about it. What I've the only thing I can find here is a just a quote from mainstream media, New York Times, I guess it says Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican, signed the bill into law last week that introduces numerous new voting restrictions, including limiting ballot drop boxes, restricting who can vote with provisional va- ballots and even making it a crime for non-poll workers to provide food or water to voters waiting in line to cast their their ballots. Now I have a couple of things to say about that stuff. That if those are their biggest objections. This is a, a guy who's speaking um who's this is a reference to what is being objected to in Georgia. Uh Garland put together a PowerPoint. I'm looking at it right now. I had a long conversation with him just to pull apart what they're saying. First of all, a crime for making non-poll workers provide food or water to voters waiting in line. Even Lindsey Graham came down on Georgia about that. First of all, who cares if it's poll workers or non-poll workers? They're trying to take private enterprise out of influencing these elections. Also, they reduced precinct size down to 2,000 people. So how long are the lines even going to be like it it was a a major win to reduce the precinct size. Hopefully you're not going to have to wait on lines hours long. They were really grasping at straws. This idea of who can vote with provisional ballots. I don't even know what a provisional ballot is. They did not limit who could vote in absentee ballots. And that's basically the big deal. And then the last thing it says, it's limiting ballot drop boxes. But I can only think they're saying that because they've cut off the funding of people like Facebook who've decided when and where to put ballot drop boxes. If they put a ballot drop box at every post office or every place that there is an election center and a place where you could go vote, then it would just be a question of equity. You don't want to overload drop boxes in one neighborhood. It's, they're very prone to harvesting. I think these they're just making stuff up here. And I'm not I, I feel like they're they're kind of just making a stink about it because it's it's something to make a stink about because it's got a, an R next to it. It was going to be this story that it was systemic racism before the law even came out. They didn't even have to read the law. They didn't know what it was going to be. That was already going to be the story because this is Stacey Abrams. This is what she organizes, and that is the message that she delivers regardless of what legislation came down. And and Biden even added to it. By, Biden said it made Jim Crow look like Jim Watkins. Some guy I didn't even know it's who just, he was talking about. Absolutely ridiculous because, I, I mean, imagine, you know what Jim Crow laws are? You know how offensive it is to suggest that this is tantamount to not letting people drink out of the same water fountain? I mean, that is really twisted. And and the big problem that Garland has with this thing is that you still do not really get to audit these Dominion voting machines. The most important thing, yeah. nothing matters but to be able to verify the 
veracity of these digital votes, and that was ignored. So the Republicans really dropped the ball on this, if you ask me. Yeah, the thing that the activists and the messaging on the left is hanging their hats on is they won't even let you bring water or have water in line at a polling booth when the actual quote within the law says no person shall solicit votes in any manner or by any means or method, nor shall they, nor shall any person distribute or display any campaign material, nor shall any person give offer to give or participate in giving of any money or gifts, including but not limited to food and drink to an elector. And this law applies within 150 feet of the polling place and within 25 feet of any voter. And you're right. They're attempting to take the the private influence out of it through, through yeah. that. Yeah, the vo- the poll workers can provide refreshments and they will be less necessary because the lines will probably go away. It just... Yeah. That's what I was saying. But um, yeah, so well, that's I... interesting about the lines, though. I didn't know that part of it because all the, the stuff I've been reading, they say, and the lines were so long in low income communities. And so they're going to be waiting out there in the hot sun with no water. So I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, no chance. And and I do think that this is I, I believe that they are trying. I, I don't even know who's putting these guys up to. You think it's Stacey Abrams, but I actually think that part of it is whatever there seems to be calls from all quarters to have corporations hijack democracy by pressuring legislators or consumers or whatever to do things their way it is straight out of the crisis of democracy from 1971 where Zbigniew Brzezinski and the Trilateral Commission wanted everyone to be part of something that they did not be beholden to an institution organization they had no democratic power over. And to say that Coca-Cola and Delta and the masters and everything else needs to be the ones who strong arm legislative change is actually trying to get blame minorities for what Edward Bernays would say is just people begging for fascism. Yeah, it's it's getting people to beg for fascism. You're exactly right. It's Right in line with Great Reset, rule by corporation, using these intimidation tactics, even if we know Delta, we know Coke, they're already part of the World Economic Forum, they're already part of Davos and all of that. But as you mentioned, we talked about a little bit before the show, this kind of gives them a free pass to say they're pressured by these activists, these social media mobs that can pressure corporations and individuals. See, this is going to scare local smaller businesses, and this is going to scare the individual who could also be subject to these things when they see these corporations give in to these mobs, or at least give the appearance of giving in, because Delta has already given in to them in a number of things. Well, it's and not yet bad, it's still- though. I think it's actually the opposite. I think that Delta, you know, I don't know about Delta specifically, but the World Economic Forum, whatever, now Coke can say, or Salesforce, let's say, that guy is evil. He can say, oh, we are trying to be very responsive to the minority, which is probably a majority, in Georgia by setting up this uh, legislative influence foundation. And then it's not going to be about the masters and voting laws. It's going to be like we are we are having this stakeholder. We we have identified laws that we want in order to foster stakeholder 
happiness, whatever. We want the most important thing is to teach kids to code, you know, like whatever. But I think they're using this kind of thing as an excuse to do what they want anyway. Who are they giving into? Stacey Abrams? Stacey Abrams is run by these people. I mean, the mob, the idea is that the, the mob is putting the pressure on them and they're boycotting them and trying to undercut them. But, but they're not. You're right. Because somebody's it's, behind it's, the mob. Of course. Yes, in my, yeah. I'm, I'm right. Whatever is behind the mob. So, right. They, no, I get that. What, what I'm saying is it's a demonstration of the power of the mob to the people who aren't on board with that. So it might make, say, the local business that that they pressure give in easier or it might make the local business. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and seeing that. Yeah. The number one thing is that COVID destroyed all the local businesses. So yes, this definitely. wouldn't have this wouldn't really be viable. No wonder the World Economic Forum was behind Event 201. Yeah, yeah. So some uh, definitely some context, though, is it trending at the top of Twitter and all over social media all over this weekend and today and uh, all over the news is that these corporations have been pressured to come out and speak out against the Georgia legislation. They said nothing. They were politically neutral, at least when it comes to this. And yet that's not OK. So it's creating this environment of you are not allowed to be politically neutral. You either are with us or we will attack you. Just as hard as we will attack our enemy. That's the environment they're creating. It's Delta that's that they're pressuring. It's Coke. It's see other one, Home Depot. It's the Masters, as you said, and it's the Atlanta Braves, the All Star Game, because the All Star Game was supposed to be held here. As of now, it's going to be held here in July, and it was believed by Braves executives that this was going to be a hundred thousand person event that could be the first quote, global event since the start of the pandemic. But now the the Players Association is getting together and they're considering moving the All-Star game to another city because of the, quote, racist voter laws that were passed. And there is precedent for this as the All-Star game, the NBA All-Star game back in 2017 was moved out of Charlotte after a state legislature passed a controversial bill de- dealing with discrimination. And also a director has says he'll never film another movie in Georgia again, which I don't believe because they say that all the time but yeah i uh there was another big story in the news i know the chauvin trial is big i want to hear about that i but we i don't know what it was i think it was in the zoom party where somebody said they want to hear what we have to say about the latest that's coming out of the suez canal so i don't have a lot on it but i did want to just um touch on this i read over the weekend a few days ago i saw that the this ship in the Suez Canal that it's a ship the size of the Empire State Building and it's literally sideways in the Suez Canal it's completely uh, blocking it off and the story was there was a sandstorm and gusts of wind or whatever these some of these ships I, I remember reading maybe I'm wrong on the number but like it could cost a million dollars to get through that thing this is the most important single transit entity in the world, the Suez Canal, I, 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 as far as I recall, I, maybe the Panama Canal is more important. I don't think so, though. That's a Suez Canal. It's got all the oil and everything. It keeps you from having to travel around Africa. It's amazing. There is nothing in me that believes that something this critical is vulnerable to a complete and total blockage because of a gust of wind. I just do not believe they did not have fail safes and redundancies and all of that. I suspected that someone made a decision along the way 
that led to this. Maybe more, maybe many people. I don't know. I even suggested that it was possible they, they're so good at localizing a gust of wind, and I'm pretty sure they can do that, that maybe they directed it. But I saw a, an article in the New York Post over the weekend that said, oh, the authorities of the Suez Canal are saying that it's human error. So something someone did created this problem. And uh, I, you know, whatever, tweeted it out. And today, when I read the Wall Street Journal, it continues to say, it says, um, there's actually a quote that it reports that a sandstorm and freak wind blew the ship sideways. When we, the, the, Authorities are not saying that. So the Wall Street Journal is promoting this idea that it was a freak accident. Of course, it feels very, um, you know, climate changey. But yeah, uh, you know, and then so there's other stuff. So the but the point was that they were interrupting flows. They're interrupting traffic. It's going to affect supply chains. It's going to affect oil prices. It it re- it shows more vulnerabilities. It piles on to the supply supply chain issue of COVID. And then the Wall Street Journal had one more weird article about insurance coverage and how all those ships, all the stuff they couldn't deliver, all the like next trips they couldn't take, that they were all going to pile on and sue. This evergreen company. And I'm thinking like Tiger Woods had that accident near here. Not well, not near here, but around here somewhere. And I'm sure the road was closed. I'm sure people were late for work. I'm sure deals blew up. Did you would you ever in a million years consider you as someone stuck in traffic suing the guy who was in an accident? No. Yeah, I mean, never. So there there is a lot of manipulated reporting i think coming out of this story and i don't know what the long-term implications are but it is i just do not believe freak stuff like this happens what's on it what what are they carrying well that's the thing it's a it's a container ship so the containers are great like they pick them up with a crane they completely put dock workers out of business they pick it up with the crane they put it on a train it is the train. Then sometimes even I, I doubt the train ones can go on trucks, but some of them are even just truckable. So they come into L.A., say they have a truck full of toilet paper. They don't have to unload it. They can just pick up the toilet paper box from the thing and put it on the the train. And then it'll take it all the way to New York without anyone ever having to mess with it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Great source of wealth. And they're saying that it's not like it's full of ch- chips, computer chips. Because computer chips fly, but the component parts of chips, I mean, I I don't believe any of that. And they're just saying it's like has this massive ripple effect. And I say stuff that critical isn't we are so more sophisticated than that. There's just no chance. Yeah, it's definitely an odd story and had such a big impact on the stock market, allegedly. And apparently toilet paper, the shortage as well. Did it? Yeah, maybe. But there was a story today. Yeah. A really weird thing that happened in the stock market on Friday also to it was another like exact same thing, like just a complete flag that some guy who was already in trouble with the SEC probably shouldn't even be able to be in the hedge fund anyway. Right now, um, dumped like 30 billion dollars worth of shares into the market. And the reason he was able to do it so stealthily, so disruptively is that by using swaps, he wasn't required to 
report himself as an insider with huge positions in these like market moving stocks. And of course, it said in the journal, this reignites the debate started by GameStop over swaps presenting a market vulnerability. So when they keep showing these black swan events that point to a vulnerability, a vulnerability I do not think really has this, you know, there's just these things are small relative to the size of the market for many, many trillions of dollars. But what was really wacky is that the guy's company now, I don't know how it's pronounced. It's supposed, maybe it's Archegos. I don't know. But if you look at it, it's actually spelled Arch Egos. <laughs> so like this guy could be the most arrogant guy in the world, kind of like yeah. Arch Egos. I just, this stuff. And it's, a, you know, another one of the things like, wow, this was just such a like perfect storm, blah, blah, blah. I just, I smell a rat with stuff like this. They're just too much, too much money at stake for them not to have fail safes and redundancies in place. Yeah, they were saying like it's costing the world billions upon billions of dollars a day. I'm like, that's absurd. The Suez Canal thing or yeah. this guy's stock market? The Suez market? Canal thing. Oh, the Suez Canal thing. Yeah, that came and went. But it's now it's still that as market news is no longer does no longer seems to be in the news. I don't know why, because it's not resolved yet. I don't think maybe they've started to move ships around it. Well, I don't know, but it doesn't. I mean, yeah, they're messing around with stuff. They're showing that all these things are creating massive stock market vulnerabilities, either because they want to crash the market or they want to take a whole new way of regulating it. I mean, it's so highly regulated as it is, though. I just, and it's arcane. It's like not where people know every detail. They could re regulate it. And, I, you know, it's just, it's, there's something up. I wish I cracked the code on it already, but I'll yeah, keep my eye on it. There's something up, all right, in, in a lot of avenues. It's, speaking of something being up, the opening day of the Chauvin trial is today. The police officer involved in the death of George Floyd. And I don't have too many updates on the content of the trial itself. It's going on right now. But outside around the trial, last night before the start of it, George Floyd's family and Al Sharpton held a rally and a vigil at a nearby church. And Al Sharpton... He, the Al Sharpton, who is a he's a preeminent for-profit race baiter. It's what Al Sharpton does. If Al Sharpton goes to an event, it's going to be racial divisions. Gonna be stoked, and that's what he was doing. He he declared that Chauvin is in the courtroom, but America is on trial, which is actually an accurate description of the way this is going to play out. It's an accurate framing. It's going to be the system that they're going to be focused on with Chauvin kind of being the the symbol of that quote racist system and. He also called George Floyd's death a lynching by knee. And he can turn a phrase because the following morning, Sharpton and the Floyd family gathered outside of the courthouse this morning and they took a knee for eight minutes and 46 seconds, which I find that odd. It just seems strange to me for them to take the pose of the aggressor. Like, you know, the Michael Brown, there's a hands up, don't shoot, even though that apparently didn't happen. People would put their hands up. Instead, they wouldn't point their arms out like they were the hands up, don't shoot, like they were the cop. So right. why are these guys outside pretending to be the cop? It just lends more confusion to this divisive symbol of taking a knee now. So we had Kaepernick take a knee during the national anthem during football games, and people on the right were upset. They say he's disrespecting the flag. People on the left are arguing a completely different argument. They're saying it's not about the flag. It's about police brutality. Now, this, taking a knee in honor of George Floyd, 
would seem to be more in line with a police brutality angle, but not when you're the one taking the knee. It's just, it's just strange to me. It, I think there's a lot of room for conflict and symbol manipulation here with this. Yeah, and if they take, if they just make the universal take the knee thing, I mean, to me, I always thought taking the knee was like kneeling before the flag anyway. Like, it didn't even make sense from the beginning. Take a seat. Yeah. Now, that would be something else. Just don't get up. But I guess they just Which wanted to. Which is what to- Kaepernick initially did. I didn't mean oh. to interrupt you, but he yeah. was talked into taking the knee by somebody else. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I guess they just wanted to make it a universal symbol. Well, it's become one for sure. It's another one of those things where, like, you're afraid to, you know, the, where you put your index finger to your thumb. If you do that now, you could be said that you're making a, a white supremacist symbol when really yeah. you're just doing that. Same thing with a knee. You got to be careful if you do certain everyday, just common activities. People will think you're making a political statement. All you're trying to do is tie your shoe. Before we get to the last story of the day, I want to, which should be, let's, let's, talk a little bit about turn our attention to covid to who was described in a book i'm reading right now as the most courageous and wise leader of the covid era like i will tell you who that is or binkley you're going to tell us who who it is Uh, As the last story of the Free 30. And we are also, we have lots and lots of good stuff to dig into in the Patron 15. I'm going to tell you how Asian hate ties into Q. And Binkley, I want to ask you, did HBO just unmask Q? Going to ask you that in the Patron 15. But first, let us thank the sponsor of today's show. It is our one one of we have a, a few people who who roll out some gear that is fun and funny. And this this these guys are no exception. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So, stop by today at www.ryguys.com That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S dot com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's sh- And if you do go over to that website, you will be amused. There's no question about that. And if you decide to make a purchase, use the uh, promotion code PROP10 for 10% off any purchase that you make over there. We love it when you support our sponsors, but we also like you to support us. So you support them. They support us. That's great. We would love for you to also support us directly. There, we do tons and tons of premium content. If you if you have more capacity, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report or rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We give a lot of bang for the buck. But many people do not have time for extra content because we also give a ton of free content. It's 30 minutes a day of free content. It's 35 minutes with promotions and stuff, but but um 
It is 30 minutes a day of solid news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. And the main reason we've really clarified why we're here, and it is because people have to be out in the world. Your kids are out in the world, your in-laws, your family, your friends, they're out in the world and they're getting bombarded with propaganda night and day. And the only way to get them to see how they're being manipulated into giving up their rights. That's really the bottom line here. Their liberty, their earnings, their ability to work. That is what is coming down. And for you to understand it, you got to understand how the stories of the day are manipulative propaganda. And we try to peel that away. Nobody wants to listen to the news who's really awake, but you got to stay informed if you're going to help the people who are out in the world or maybe you're out in the world. So if you want to support our efforts to keep it free and keep it out there, please go to the Propaganda Report uh, website, which is thepropreport.com. If you're on a laptop or desktop, upper right, there's a donate button. If you're on your mobile, pull down the top menu, there's a donate button. And just make a one-time donation to us. We would really appreciate it. You could also, there's also a shop button there if you want to get some merch that helps market and um, actually just pays for the merch because I already bought it. But the but we would like the support on the free stuff too because actually that's where the most outreach is, the most good. And obviously we're in it just to open people's eyes and that's the way to do it. And if if you do though get to the patreon.com slash propaganda report, you will not and you buy the premium content you also will not hear these promotions during the regular show so it cuts off a little time of promo and adds a lot more time of headlines and news and we also let our hair down a bit so if you are listening to the patron 15 you'll get a taste of that and now on with the show so i was reading this thing that i yeah i binkley you had suggested you were going to bring a story last week. You never got to it. And I was amazed when I was reading. Thank you, Sandra, again, by the way, for sending me the contagion myth, which I am tearing through. It's Cowan and I think Morell, the woman who wrote Nourishing Traditions and the author of uh, her co- co-author or the main author is Dr. Thomas Cowan, who's well known right now for speaking out against, obviously, well, the book is called The Contagion Myth. And it was written in, it looks like copyright is from July, 2020. And I thought of you, Binkley, because I just read yesterday on one of the pages that I was amazed. It said, uh, this person they refer to as something like the wisest and most courageous leader in 2020 in the world. And they were singing his praises. And it was the president of Tanzania who sent in samples from like animals and fruits and stuff to the World Health Organization to test the value of the PCR of running PCR on this. And he got back nonsensical answers like the pawpaw is a I believe a pawpaw is a fruit (laughs) or jackfruit. You know, we're coming back positive for COVID-19 and and this was an eye opener and it made me sad to think about what you were telling me about him last week. Yeah, he died last week. And he was very open about his vaccine skepticism. 
And as you said, he was open about his skepticism about the PCR test in general. He was beloved in that country, by the way. There was the heavy mourning going on over there. People were uh, people were beside themselves. He was a very liked leader. And what's interesting about the story, his name is John Magnufuli, M-A-G-U-F-U-L-I. And he challenged the world order, so to speak, a good bit, very publicly and in, in doing those demonstrations, like you said, which to me makes makes the, the world leaders look foolish when you can do a PCR test and a, and a thing of fruit and then it comes back positive. It, it just it makes you question the whole thing and the legitimacy of that. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't there, but I do know that the PCR tests are, are not we not the best way to determine a, a virus. Uh, we know that from the person who created it. But back in June, Reuters and other fact checkers fact checked a claim that was going around social media about Magnufuli. And they said he had died. There was claims saying that he had died back then of a heart related issue. And the reason they were debunking it is because QAnon-related accounts were tweeting around saying, look, he tested the fruit, and the fruit tested positive, and he made the, the world leaders look like a fool, and now he's dead. So the fact checks were like, no, this is disinformation from conspiracy theory QAnon people. He's not dead, okay? But now he actually is dead of a heart-related issue. A few months after that, it's just really bizarre. Could it be a coincidence? Possibly it could. He wasn't too old of a guy. I think he was in his 60s. I believe he was 61. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary and sad. And I really think, I mean, they talked about an event 201 using soft power against elected officials. And we've seen how that works. But we've also all heard of the book. I think most people have heard Confessions of an Economic Hitman, where they try to bribe you. But if that doesn't work, you got to go. Now, this is just a suspicious death. I'm not a big fan of coincidences, but they do happen. Yeah. Here is a statement that he made publicly. He suggested the vaccines were part of a foreign plot to steal Africa's wealth. He said that vaccines are not good. If they were, then the white man would have brought vaccines for HIV and AIDS. Tanzanians should be careful with these imported things. You should not think that they love you a lot. This this nation is rich. Africa is rich. Everyone wants some of it. Wow. Boy, he's right. He's right about that. Uh, we just did that show with the history homos about the taking yeah. the Rhodes pill, and it goes right to that. I mean, that was great. Was. They lie, they premiered it on YouTube, but it was while we were doing our Zoom party, so we couldn't really I saw attend. That, yeah, yeah that it's a, a good one. Show. We'll put it. We're gonna put it. Uh, I'm. We're gonna take a week off because I'm doing two meetups. I'm doing a meetup in. Uh, uh, in Atlanta, April 18th, 2 p.m. at Neighbors. And I'm doing a meetup in New York, April 23rd, which is a Friday. So um, we have like uh, <laughs> thousands of listeners in Atlanta, probably not even a fraction of that in New York. But uh, if you want to come to the meetup in New York, go to thepropreport.com, go to the meetup tab. There's a New York tab. Put a comment in there. Just let me know how to reach you. And I'll, once I have kind of a good head count, I'll tell you where we're going to be. That's for 
that's for that. Uh, but while we're taking, I'm going to take that week off because I'll be traveling a lot and we are going to put into the DNB feed and also we always put something into the DNB feed. So if you go to try to listen to the show, there's something there for you. We'll put this great conversation with the history homos, um, funny name in the DNB, but we also have, uh, content original fresh you know not rerun content for every day for the patrons so if you're a patron you get two entire shows every single day even when we're on vacation which is probably a little bit of overkill but we are going to do it that way i am uh just heard that new yorkers uh didn't you tell me this now everybody in new york is eligible for a vaccine or what do you think they're piling up there just like they are here Well, not quite everybody. It's New Yorkers ages 30 and up are eligible to receive the vaccine starting tomorrow, Governor Cuomo said. Then he added that if you're under the age of 30, then you're still eligible for his jab. So no need to worry there. So <laughs> Thank in, you for the rim shot there. <laughs> Speaking in New York of New York and New Jersey and the vaccine, I guess Rutgers may be the first, might be the first school that's requiring vaccine proof for students attending in the fall. And I was thinking about that because the I always figured that's it was gonna come not from like a government mandate, but the way they did it in California was the mandate came down that you had to have the vaccination to go to school, even a private school. Like the law was not that we come to your home and hold down your kids and give them the vaccination. It's that if you want your kid to go to school at all, they have to get the vaccination. So I figured it would come down through the schools. I'm I'm wondering if smaller places like um, I don't know what I don't know as sports I always think of as a like quasi governmental entity, but other kind of concerts or clubs and stuff. Can you really cut out what may end up being half of the population as a customer base? I mean, not every venue sells out every night. It's well, going to be hard. The separate entrances and the separate seating, just like the segregation back in. Yeah, the I mean, 50s. it just would would never work in a in a free market, a free consumer market. So before we go to the patron 15, I would like to deliver a couple of shout outs, a couple of new patrons. Welcome, Jim. Welcome, Triple XM. Very mysterious. (laughs) So that we've got some uh, some high level people listening to this anonymously. And then I have a nice shout out from Rachel. Woohoo! Here's my shout out. I would like to thank Monica and Brad for your intelligent, skeptical, well-researched and always witty analysis that has not only brightened my day each day, but also rescued my freaking sanity. It's good to know there are freedom lovers out there somewhere. That is true. I mean, I feel like that is 100% true that if it weren't for us having this community and it's not like, you know, you just can't get every alternative podcast. I mean, so many people went for the Trump thing, you know, I mean, and, and if you were seeing through that, you really feel isolated. I mean, I have people coming to me like, what should I do about I like three different people said this to me. What should I do this about my mom? She like totally believes in Q. Yeah. <laughs> and they're coming to me to yeah. talk their mother off the conspiracy ledge. I mean, we're in a very narrow band of people we who are. I think are not crazy 
and they they need and I'm not saying Q people are crazy. I'm saying that all alternative reporting has been hijacked because they know how powerful it is to be able to think critically and peel back the propaganda. That is why they put are they red herrings? I don't know what they call them. They throw stuff out there that is deliberately meant for you to find it like a bear looking for food in his cage at the zoo. Like they want you to find it. And it is hard to it took like a decade of honing my truth dar, my ability to discernment to be able to get ahead of that. So I appreciate it, Rachel. And, um, and to I your point, it's important in this environment, which is demonstrated earlier story about the pressuring of the companies where they're trying to leave no room for anybody to, to, to not be on the left or right. So like they don't want third opinions. They don't want people who ask questions about both sides. So it's a challenging place to be in. And it's good to know there are other people out there that also. And there's no ready-made market for it. There's 70 million people voted for Trump. Like, yeah. not too many people are still voting for Ron Paul. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I am. Uh, well, let's hit that patron 15. It's looking pretty cool. I have also a movie recommendation for folks. Awesome. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report or rockfin.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or join Rockfin. We will talk to you guys in the patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day. <laughs>